Hi there, and welcome to Grief is My Superpower. I'm Mark Lemon, award-winning children's author, bereavement ambassador, and your host for this podcast. Each week, I'll be interviewing incredible people that get open and honest about their own experience with grief. When I was 12 years old, my dad was murdered, and my life changed forever. I try to explore with my guests if it's possible to live a happy and fulfilled life after the death of a loved one. You can find me as Mark Lemon Official on Instagram and at the Lemon Drop Books website. For this episode, I speak with songwriter, social media influencer and entrepreneur, Cassandra Loco. Cassandra speaks with me about the death of her mum and how it shaped her outlook on life. You can find Cassandra on Instagram and Twitter as Cassandra Loco. Please don't forget to subscribe and leave a comment wherever you're listening to this podcast. By doing this, it will help us to reach more people in need of support at a tough time. This podcast is in support of children's bereavement charity, Winston's Wish. Okay, so as mentioned in my introduction, my guest for this episode is someone that I've discovered through, funny enough, YouTube, and I watched their fantastic TED Talk um, regarding their own grief story, and it was really powerful, and I had to reach out, and it's Cassandra Loco. How are you? Hi, I'm good, thank you. I'm good. I'm really good. Thank you so much for coming on, and you know, I know you've got a little one, and like everybody, we're doing this from our respective homes. so yeah, how, how's everything for you where you are? Yeah, it's it's just been an interesting time, really. I think for me, um, very reflective, and yeah, it's been. It's, I, I wouldn't say it's been difficult. I've been at home obviously with my son, and I've been with him. He didn't go nursery before this. He was just about to go into nursery, so it's not really different, minus the fact that obviously my husband's. Um, at home now but yeah we've just been social distancing trying to be at home and just keeping ourselves occupied exercising and yeah like that so that's all we can do really isn't it um but hey for the listeners um would you be able to just give them a little bit of an introduction as to who you are and what you do please um so I get this question a lot and so I say that I share my truth online (laughs) and people really resonate with it so I got married in 2016 and we put out a clip on Instagram and the, I was like, oh, if I get a thousand views or a thousand likes, oh, you know, oh my gosh, that would be so amazing. I think I had like 800 followers at the time. And then I put it out and I got like 20,000 views and it went really viral. And then we put our wedding video out and that went really viral. And from there I was like, I had a platform. And I've been like sharing just things that I've gone through um, on that platform ever since. And yeah, people just really seem to like it. Mm. But obviously you do a lot with your husband as well, don't you? Yeah, we did a lot of adventure philanthropy. And when my mum did pass, I got involved with that. And we started um, yeah, doing that together. He does that with the Bransons. So they'd go and like climb a mountain or climb a volcano for charity and yeah we, he's been doing that for a long while and he's an advisor um to prince harry as well so we do a lot of charity work on the um we also do a lot of charity work yeah mm. no that's amazing okay so obviously the subject that we're here today is to do with grief um 
Would you be able to share with the listeners about your own experience with grief, please? So um, in 2015, um, my mum, like my mum's quite a, she's really active, she's really fun. And in 2015, she'd kind of like, we had a lot of events going on and she'd kind of said she wasn't able to come, she weren't feeling too well. And um, I remember it was Mother's Day and I invited her to church. I was not sure if I should invite her, but I was like, do you know what, let me invite my mum to church. And she came along and she just wasn't really her usual self. We went out to eat after, she wasn't really eating. And she was just like, um, basically she's found a lump, but she's gone to the doctors and they're just saying it's a cyst and they'll remove that cyst and everything will be okay. So um, she had an appointment and she asked me to come along with her and we went along and at the appointment, they were just basically like, sorry, Miss Swaby, I know we said it's a cyst, but we've seen it's cancer and it's stage four cancer. And at the time, I didn't really understand what stage four cancer was and like how serious of a stage it was. And it spread, it spread like to her lungs and within from that was in April and by June the 8th, she had passed away. So it was really quick and a very like devastating time for me because I really, yeah, I just don't think I really understood like how serious it all was at the time when we was going through it. Um, she traveled, she tried to, she traveled to try and get like um, holistic healing. So she died, she didn't die in the UK, she died on her way back to the UK after they couldn't help her in Honduras. So she was on her way back and she died in Jamaica trying to get back to the UK. Wow. I mean, that happened so fast, didn't it? And, you know, I've talked, um, you know, previous guests when a loved one has died from cancer um, particularly. And and I guess the question has been, you know, when you find out that they, they have the cancer, did you grieve at that point and then after? But I guess perhaps with you, it was so fast that maybe you didn't have even that opportunity? I think now, I don't know if it's a conversation, because I know that like my siblings had different conversations with the doctors and, you know, they offered her chemo. She didn't want to take chemo, but they they offered her chemo, but she was really, she was already sick. So her immune system was really low. She weren't really able to walk around like within a week. Like she, we found out she had cancer. She was kind of walking around a bit, but she was still quite like still feeling poorly. And then within a week, she was hospitalized. So it was like, it was so fast that I didn't have the chance to really process it all. I kind of just thought, oh, okay, hopefully she'll just get better. And that was just my, that was my mindset. I didn't really know how, like, you know, I didn't, when they even, she ended up coming to stay with me. So like the last month before she went away, she lived with, um, me and my husband now, but he wasn't my husband at the time, me and Carl. And yeah, she was, I knew that she was getting sicker and sicker, but I don't know. I just didn't think that she would pass. I don't know. I don't think that's something you, that wasn't a thought in my mind at the time. Like maybe like the last days, I kind of used to think, oh, maybe she, like it's a possibility. But yeah, I don't know. I think it was just so fast. I didn't really have a chance to think about it. Do you remember that time when you found out, you know, I know, I know, you know, for me personally, I, I can remember everything about where I was, what I was doing. And I know that a lot of people who I've spoken to before, that's the same thing. But um, yeah, do you remember that, that moment that you found out? I remember it like it was, 
like even talking about it now, it brings me back to the exact place, the exact exactly what I was doing. I remember I was it was early in the morning, so it was really early. It might have been like six a.m. or seven a.m. And I got a call from um, her best friend, and she was just like, "Yeah, your mum's." Because I kept getting calls throughout the night, but like the late evening, and she was just like, "Yeah." she'd call me and be like, your mum's not doing too well, you know, pray, your mum's not doing too well. And it was like that anxiety of it. Then it would be, she'd call me back and be like, oh, she's doing so much better. She's up, she's chirpy. And then I'd kind of like relax. And then it would be like, your mum's, so it was just like a roller coaster that evening. And then I finally just went to sleep. And then in the morning, as soon as my phone rang, I knew what she was going to say. It's like, I just, it's like, I don't know. I just, yeah, I knew. And she just said, yeah, your mum's passed. And I was like, okay. But it was like, I don't know, you know, I was in shock. So it wasn't like a, oh, just like immediate cry. It was just like, okay, then, all right, all right, I got to just get the house ready. It was so weird. Like when I think about it now, I say it in my TEDx, it was just such a strange moment because I was like, I opened the curtains. I was like, yeah, all right, I've got to get the house ready because we're going to get so many guests coming over to like, you know, give their condolences. I went into my, where my brother, the room my mum stayed in, my little brother was sleeping in there. So I went in there and I was like, yeah, mum's gone. I just said it so blase, but I think it hadn't sunk in to like, yeah, exactly what happened. And I remember I went to Tesco's and I started getting snacks for everybody. And, um, and then the woman was in the, the, the I think it was a gentleman that was serving me. Oh, I can't remember, but he was, yeah, a gentleman that was serving me. And I oh it was a woman or there were some women laughing and I was just like don't they know my mum's passed away like I was so I got so angry like don't they know what's happened and I think at that moment that's when I realized obviously my world's changed but the world's not changed and everything else is still going but yeah my world's kind of stopped so yeah that was I remember that I remember that so clearly that sort of feeling of how come the world is carrying on and these guys over there are laughing or they're having a you know nice time and and yet my world has just collapsed, you know. Um, and it's such a surreal feeling, isn't it? Do you remember the sort of lead up to the funeral and, and you know, because it's really interesting how we sort of, we go into these sort of uh, mindsets of just going to, like you said, I'm going to sort everything out. I'm going to go in, you know, this process of tidying and getting things ready for people coming around. Um, do you remember that quite clearly leading up to the funeral and stuff? Yeah, it was, um, so I, just before, so as soon as I was walking back from Tesco's, I was just thinking about, okay, my mum, she was so, she had so much life and there's so much we had planned to do. And I guess that's something that you do a lot, like, okay, maybe next year we're going to do this and maybe this, then we're going to do that. And yeah, one, I'm going to take my mum here one day. And like, I never, when I was making those plans, I never thought that I wouldn't have, there would be a time where she'd go. Like, especially she was like 56 or 57. I didn't think that would um, happen. So I remember just walking back from Tesco's and being like, I need to just do everything because I just, and yeah, I don't know. Like, we just don't know how, when life is going to be up for us. And I was like, I just want to live not saying, like, just not be in fear and not being scared to step out. Because before I was quite scared to step out of my comfort zone. My husband, Carl was already doing things like, you know, climbing mountains, doing things with the Bransons, but I wasn't, like, I wouldn't go. I'd be like, oh, yeah, that would be, like, awkward or I'm not really that sort of... But I was just, yeah, a lot of doubt and a lot of fear. But as soon as I was walking back from Tesco's, I was like, you know what? I actually need to step out of my comfort zone because that's what she did so much of. And I was so happy that 
she was in a lot of debt and a lot of shoes. My mum was just like, she's like a child in an adult's body. That's how I always explain my mum. She was like a 10 year old in an adult body. So she just didn't take things that seriously. So she was in a lot of debt and I kind of was so happy about that. I remember feeling like, oh my God, I'm so happy that she didn't listen to me and just spend her life trying to pay off bills and debt. And she actually just had fun and traveled the world and didn't care. She was so carefree. And I was like, I want that to some extent. So as soon as um, Carl was going the week, like maybe, maybe like three weeks after to do a, a, to climb a mountain. And then it ended up that my mum's funeral was the day after the mountain climb. So I went and joined him and we climbed the mountain and then literally got on a sleeper's train. It was Scotland. We we climbed the mountain and then got on a sleeper's train back to my mum's funeral that day. So literally I climbed the mountain, woke up the next morning, went on a sleeper's train and then went to my mum's funeral. So my headspace was just, I don't know. It's like, I felt like when I climbed the mountain, everything that I was feeling or the anxiety or the like I kind of just walked it out and had that conversation with my mom up the mountain and just was just like yeah it was just a really surreal time and then when I got to the funeral it was like okay I can do this I can like she's gone I kind of felt like I knew that that wasn't her and I was okay with that that's that's incredible I think my that's funny because you lead on to a couple of questions that I was about to ask you. But, um, you know, in terms of, you know, when, when a loved one dies, uh, it's like our old life dies with them in a sense, I believe. Um, and, and we start this new journey. And, you know, do you think your mum has obviously changed your perspective on life and the way that you view things and just going for things? And how have you found the experience of being a mother? You know, has this kind of also altered your mindset and the way that you view you know your life and, and the world it's altered my mindset so much like it's just it's like you I never ever put it like that I never saw it like it my life but my old life did die like it did like I, I just I wasn't I can't be the same person and I think at the beginning of it it was in a negative way almost I was quite depressed um because I kind of just like threw myself at life I didn't give myself a chance to grieve at first so when the grief really kicked in it was a lot it was a lot in terms of like my mental state and I kind of got really I feel like I got really strong like I wouldn't really cry things wouldn't really affect me people's like I just became really like I wouldn't say like I just became a bit stony like oh I don't know it was a bit weird for a while and then I kind of went through the grieving process and that's why I always say to people, like, when you're going, like, grieve, it's okay to cry. It's okay to, even though you want to kind of just get, like, you know, be strong and it's okay to, like, be sad. You have those, it's okay. So I kind of went through that process. And then when I had my son, I guess because of everything, seeing my mum and how she passed, and I feel like I was in a bit of a bubble before she passed in terms of just the way life works. Now it's like, I just try and live in the moment. Whereas other people will be like, like I said, tomorrow I'm good. I'm like, okay, today, what is today? Like I just, even when like, you know, there's times where being a parent, he's driving me up the wall. I'm like, yeah, but this is driving, this is great. Like this is, 
like it's great like he's driving you up the wall but it's great like enjoy him driving you up the wall enjoy every moment so yeah I, I, I live in the moment a lot more like some of my friends things they would say I'm like I know you want you're thinking about the future and it's good but also just be happy with you now I think that's one thing I've got no, I'm totally with you on that one. I was actually talking to someone yesterday about that exact thing. And I said the same thing as you did, um, just about trying. I know it's quite hard sometimes, but just to live in the moment and enjoy, you know, enjoy my kids, enjoy my wife, just sort of the things that I've got at right now, you know, sp- specifically in the time that we're living in. And, you know, I just want to talk about your TED Talk, which, you know, like I said at the beginning is where I discovered you. It was such a great talk. And what sort of spurred you to want to do it so my husband had done a TED talk and I watch a lot like after um, my mum passing and just I just started to do a lot of self-development like a lot of working on myself so I'd watch a lot of TED talks and I was always inspired by TED talks and people's like sharing and especially the ones that people share about their journey I'd always found that so like oh and um I remember just like saying on Twitter, oh, one day I'd love to do a TED Talk, but it was kind of like a passing comment. Like one day, like I, I love watching them and maybe, you know, in a couple of years, I didn't think anything like recent. And I'd been um, been trying to get on the TED website, looking at different, I saw that they did like a podcast and I was like, oh, Carl would be so good at that. And it was more for him. And then when I wrote that comment, someone sent me a link to the TED website so I was on it but I was like oh yeah okay and then I was on Instagram as we do and I saw like old Peckham had a TEDx and I was like oh oh let me just apply and I like the I can't remember exactly what the topic of the there's like they you know they have different topics I can't remember exactly what it was now. I don't know my mind's gone black but I saw something I said oh that's an interesting topic um oh yeah far away from home that was it And I was like, that's such an interesting topic. And I felt like I'd been far away from home as in what I was so used to. And that's what I'm saying. Now you've said it. I wish I knew that before. I would have definitely put it in my TED Talk. But yeah, (laughs) my old life, like I was so far away from that now. Like it was like, it was so like, yeah. And I thought, oh, so I kind of just wrote in, like they asked you, okay, what would you talk about? And I know people usually spend time getting that already and thinking about it. And I just like was sitting there. I was like, oh, okay. And I just wrote something. I didn't even, I don't even remember to this day what I wrote. And then they got back to me maybe like a month later and was like, we'd love to have you. And I remember just being so shocked. And she was like, yeah, we love what you wrote about. And I was like, I couldn't even remember what I wrote about. I was like, oh, I lost that um, document. Could you send it to me again? Like, (laughs) And then... Yeah, we kind of just went from there. And at first, I read like a book, Talk Like Ted. I was trying to, you know, I was like, oh, I've just got to say it like this. I was getting statistics. Like, I just, there was a lot in the TED talk at first that was, I was just trying to be like what I'd seen on other TEDs. <laughs> and then um, I would share my, like, my talk. You know, you just do it over time. I'd share it with my husband and different people. And, um, the people that was doing the TEDx and they'd be like yeah so it's good um but I know that it will be better on the day and in my head I'll just be like this is the best like this is what I, I'm giving my best but people still wasn't I don't know they weren't feeling it and then I remember I was just like Do you know what let me just speak my truth like 
And at the end of the TED, the TED book that I read, it was just like, doing all this is great, but really, really, it needs to be your truth. And I remember it was just like, okay, so I read this whole book just to come to this end conclusion, which is, let me just speak my truth. And then I literally just did that. And I remember I was so nervous on the day. I was like telling the um, the host and stuff like, do you know what? I just won't do it. It's okay. Like I just, yes, yeah, okay. Like I was so, they were like, it's fine. And because I didn't realize that you could have like cues and stuff, like, and everyone else had cues and words written down and I had nothing. What was in my head? And I was like, I'm just going to do so bad. And then I went out there and I just felt like I was in my, it was so weird. I felt like I was in my living room and I just began speaking and it just flowed. It just, yeah, just flowed. So, yeah. Like you say, when you're telling your truth, that's that's all you can do. And that's what people want to hear, isn't it? And, and I know we've we've spoken before um, via Instagram and I was doing, I was doing my, sort of public speaking and and I, and I took something from what you did and it was like just get up there and just tell your story and you know if you're going to use images just use those images as a backdrop for the, those that are listening to use and yeah I thought it was brilliant and the way that you I think also and obviously this podcast is called grief is my superpower because you know when some, when a loved one dies we use the love that we have for those people to continue our lives in a positive manner as best as we can. And what I did love in, in your TED talk was the fact of you were shouting about the successes that you were having after your mum had died, you know, and, and it was like a really positive, hopeful message to those watching. And I thought that was really powerful. Yeah. I want I just wanted people to, cause it can be, it is such, you know, it's such a hard journey. It is. And I think sometimes, especially when I speak to a lot of people that I just have just lost a parent, it's like, how can I even go on? And even like having my son, like you were saying, it's so weird how much of them you don't realise is in you. And I think when they pass, it's even more evident. And like the parts of them that like, the, all the good parts, you kind of just, you don't realise, but you embody it. So I think I wanted to show people that, yeah, you it can be, you can have this moment, but of like, just the utter pain but that pain can really lead to some sort of purpose like it really can if you channel it in the right way so yeah so my next question is can you share three things that make you smile when you think of your mum she's just such a free spirit such a free spirit and she just loved life loved life um another she was fearless she was so fearless and was just, yeah, she, that used to always amaze me. Like my mum used to be like a superhero to me. And I think that's why when she got sick, it was so hard because she was such a, like she was, I used to look at her and be like, oh, she's just so fearless. And um, <laughs> she always felt like she was above the law. I think that's the funniest part. <laughs> the funniest part of my mum is her always feeling like she's above the law and just doing <laughs> as she pleased like she just did as she pleased she lived life as she pleased so yeah those are probably the three funniest things about my mom they're amazing three things um okay so now we're moving into some questions from the children at children's bereavement charity winston's wish and they would like to know how do you make yourself feel happy when you're feeling sad i think about good times when i'm feeling sad i think about good times and i also remind myself that I felt sad before 
we all feel sad at times, but that means I felt sad before and I've also feel ha- felt happy before, which means that this sadness won't last. I'm only going through it and it's okay. It's okay to go through a moment of sadness because there is happiness on the other side. So I think about all the times where I've been sad, but then I've been happy and the fact that, yeah, I'm going to be happy again. Okay, the next one is, what piece of music reminds you of your mum? Reggae. Anything. I was listening to a clash between Bounty Killer and Beanie Man, and I felt like I was my mum. Like I was just listening to the, and I was like, this is my mum's music. So yeah, anything reggae, anything bashment, that's my mum. <laughs> All right, the next one is, what do you do to remember your mum on important days like her birthday? On my mum's birthday, we gather as like my my siblings, so me and my sisters and my brothers will gather and we just share old stories, old stories of just like good time, like the best times of like our growing up, our childhood and look at pictures and yeah, we just share those times together. Right, next one is, what three things are you most thankful for at the moment? I'm thankful for my husband, my son and the being able to read just being able to get lost in a book I really am thankful for that because I learned so much through getting lost in a book and yeah that's what I'm thankful for okay so my final question is and it's always a big one but if you had one final conversation with your mum what do you think you might like to say to her I nearly teared up then um I'd like to just say thank you just thank like yeah oh emotional yeah but just thank you because she I think I didn't thank her enough for, because I used to see the parts of her that I'm talking about now, like just the carefree thing as irresponsible. I'm like, you're an adult, like be an adult. Like you've got to do adult things, mum. But now I'm like, oh my gosh, just thank you for giving me that. Because I see it so much with my son. Like we have so much fun and I'm like, thank you for just, I'm more balanced than my mum, but just thank you for just allowing, like allowing me to be me and loving me as me and yeah all that just thank you mum thank you so much now Cassandra that's amazing and I just wanted to say a big thank you for sharing your story with me today with me and my listeners Um, I always say the grief is individual Um, we deal with it in our own way but uh, the way that you've shared your story today has been wonderful so thank you so much 